the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back into the Bruce Woolley Show. I want to get right into this clip, and uh, and then I'm going to surprise you with commentary from a very special guest. This is J.D. Vance yesterday going scorched earth on the Senate border bill, $118 billion appropriations bill that includes money for Ukraine police, not Columbus police, Ukraine police, and uh, Gaza and the West Bank. Uh, so here we go. Uh, here's cut to J.D. Vance Senate press conference yesterday. One of the things that I've heard from a number of reporters and from a number of Democratic activists is this argument that why don't you guys not let the perfect be the enemy of the good? And, of course, the presumption here is that this is good border policy. It's not good border policy. We're letting the bad be the enemy of the good because this is bad border policy. If you're going to actually vote to enact border policy, you're going to take a tough vote. For all the reasons that Ted stated, it ought to actually do something important. We have to remember the fundamental framing here. This is what so much of the reporting ignores about this border crisis. The fundamental framing here is Joe Biden has every tool at his disposal to end the border crisis tomorrow. So what we're trying to do with this law is constrain his discretion and force him to do the job that he refuses to do. We're trying to force the president to do what he already could do under existing legal authority. And yet every single provision of this legislation or nearly every provision of this legislation allows either Secretary Mayorkas or the president of the United States to waive the enforcement mechanisms. How, how do you square these things? How do you say we've got to force the president to do a job, and yet we're passing a border bill that allows the president to waive every single authority that the bill gives him? We do not need to give Joe Biden more tools. We do not need to give Joe Biden a border security bill, which is really, as Marshall, Roger Marshall said, a Ukraine first bill masquerading as a border security bill. What we need to do is pass legislation that forces Joe Biden to do his job restrains his discretion, constrains his discretion, not give him more authority to run into around the laws that we have in this country. This bill doesn't do that, so we can't support it. As you heard everybody said, that doesn't mean there is an immigration law that we would support. There are a number of provisions in this bill that if they were made better and actually forced Joe Biden to do his job, we'd all vote for it. I'm maybe the biggest skeptic of Ukraine aid in the United States Senate, I care much more about the American southern border, but I'm not going to vote for a border security package that doesn't do any border security. Leadership really screwed this up. I think they made a series of political arguments that were never going to actually fly. They knew or should, at least should have known that this bill was ne never actually going to get there. And certainly on the Ukraine question, yes, I think leadership is massively out of touch with Republican voters. We are not, as a Republican Party, behind unlimited, unaccounted for aid to Ukraine without any goals in mind, without any sense of where the money is going and what's going to be accomplished if we continue to support Ukraine. So I absolutely think it's, it's, it's a failure of leadership that we've gotten to this point. And yes, I think they're out of touch on that particular issue. There's one other point here. 
because uh, you've heard some of some folks in our leadership make this argument that what happened here is Republicans as a conference demanded that we use Ukraine as leverage to get border concessions from the Biden administration. They'll say things like, well, you wanted us to negotiate for border security. And now that we have this package, you say that it's not good enough. Well, we asked you to negotiate for border security, not crappy border security that has nothing to do with securing the American southern border. So this idea that we signed a political like death compact where we wanted to negotiate for border security, so we're therefore committed to, to, to supporting any package that comes out of these negotiations is ridiculous. If you had a bill that said we're going to legalize 12 million illegal aliens, every single Republican, I hope, would vote against it. But we're not committing ourselves to voting for this thing just because we entered the negotiation. And the idea that we are, the idea, and you hear this from some of our leadership, and hopefully they will stop, the idea that we committed to supporting whatever came out of this negotiation is pure, unadulterated bull. We supported a negotiation to bring common sense border security to this country. We did not agree to a border fig leaf to send another $61 billion to Ukraine. When you go into a border security negotiation, as complicated as immigration law is, and you make it entirely secret, that gives a massive asymmetric advantage to the team that has more lawyers. So on the one hand, you have the Democratic majority, you have the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Justice, you have the army of lawyers that they have. And on the other hand is James Lankford and his staff negotiating in secret. The idea that any person could negotiate successfully to a border security package that wouldn't have multiple loopholes in it is crazy. These guys have a massive advantage. It was a huge mistake. I don't know who in leadership made this decision, but if it had been out in the open, okay, we have a number of good immigration groups. We have a number of good advocacy organizations that could have helped us level the playing field. The fact that it was done in secret, I think was by design, and it was done to sabotage real border security. J.D. Vance going scorched earth four minutes here, and here he is, Bruce Hooley. What are your thoughts, Bruce, on that? Well, first of all, my thought is thank you, voters of the state of Ohio, for making J.D. Vance a senator and not Tim Ryan. Amen. Because if we had Tim Ryan, we wouldn't have a powerful voice like that who is courageous enough to criticize leadership, Republican leadership. He's right. Uh, I Love Ted Cruz yesterday when he was asked, is it time for Mitch McConnell to go? He said, I think so. Yeah, it is. Uh, for James Lankford and Mitch McConnell to bless this kind of a deal, whereas J.D. Vance pointed out, Alejandro Mayorkas, Joe Biden, have the option to suspend the, <laughs> in J.D.'s words, crappy border policy. This would employ, deploy, it establishes daily allowances that are far too high that do not include gotaways that would <coughs> excuse me would put over a million illegals in the United States every year if they enforced it which i don't believe they would why would we expect them to they're not enforcing the laws <coughs> it's kind of like the the gun control yeah. laws uh the people who use guns aren't following the law anyway so let's put yeah let's put more laws on the books yeah put more laws on the books for law abiding citizens not laws that anybody who's already breaking the law, will pay any attention to. Yeah, look, I don't think the Republicans are at all skilled at negating the Democratic lies. They're not arguments. They're not positions. They're lies. Blatant. That Joe Biden needs more something to secure the border. <coughs> he does not. He wrote 
94 executive orders within a month of taking office that unleashed a gusher of illegal aliens into the United States. If he needed another law to take care of the border, he had a Democratic Congress and a Democratic, he had a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate his first two years. He could have gotten that law out of those two bodies. Clearly wasn't a priority then. This is nothing more than an attempt to get the Republicans to sign on to a quote-unquote bipartisan border bill so that the Democrats can pin the border failures and say, it's not just us. Look, they agreed to it. Now, I don't know what the Democratic strategy would be if this thing passed, and it's not going to, thankfully. It's conceivable they could enforce it from now until the election and say, see, this bill fixed it. And then after the election, if Biden's reelected, then we throw the revolving door open again. I'm absolutely certain they would do the latter. I just don't know if they would do the former in the short term. I talked with Rick Grinnell. He was uh, Trump's uh, director of national intelligence, and he said exactly what you said. Joe Biden has every law at his disposal that Donald Trump had. What he lacks, there's one thing Joe Biden lacks. That's the political will to close the border. Because the left flank of his party doesn't want it closed. The left flank of his party doesn't want to support Israel. He knows he can't win without the left flank of his party. And so that's why everything this man does is for political power. He doesn't do anything on principle. He has no principle. Okay? So everything he does is for political power. Everything. 30 seconds, Bruce. What else do you want to say? I want to encourage people to pray for uh, the former deputy Jason Meade. Uh, Jason Meade's on trial for the murder of Casey Goodson. It is a farce that he was charged. It is a farce that he is being tried. Uh, So pray for Jason Meade. Pray for the courage of the jury that they will have the uh, conviction to acquit him of these bogus charges. Thank you, Bruce. God bless you, brother. How cool was that? Bruce Hooley joining us for a segment. Thank you, brother. Hey, real quick, uh, if you are newly engaged or you know someone who is and is looking for a venue, get over to the LegacyOnPossumRun.com or on Facebook, search up The Legacy on Possum. That's P-O-S-S-U-M Run. And uh, Saturday dates are still available May, June, July, August, and September of this year. So if you're uh, trying to get hitched, that's the place you need to go. When you go to the website, you'll see the three beautifully unique spaces that comprise the venue. Check the calendar so you can see exactly what dates are available in those months or any other month. Or maybe you're planning 2025. There are dates open there, too. And then uh, pricing is available for you there. You can book a tour, sign up for the next open house, which is February 24th. So uh, the legacy on possumrun.com. All right. He is a host uh, of Always Right Radio. On WHK 1420, a Salem media uh, station there in Cleveland, our sister station, actually. He's host of Strictly Speaking on True Blue, Roku Channel 529. He's Bob France. Bob, welcome back. How are you today, sir? I'm good, Jack. Good to have you, or good to talk to you, I should say. Thank you, my man. Absolutely. You're welcome. I know that you uh, are on the way to the studio to record, so... Uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about the House, the Ohio House meeting today, Nikki. 
uh, in Nevada, Ronna McDaniel may be on her way out, Ukraine, Mayorkas, Israel. What's on your mind? Uh, what's on your heart right now? Well, you know, the votes last night are, are on my mind, as you know. Uh, we had a long discussion about that this morning, and I did a pretty impassioned and unplanned monologue on my own program. And if people want to hear that, it's, I think it's up on my Facebook page and on my uh, Twitter page as well. Facebook is always right radio and Twitter is France France, F-R-A-N-T-Z, R-A-N-T-Z. I, I, I was planning on condemning the Republican actions uh, on voting not to uh, uh, pay out the $17.6 billion in security for Israel, which is our ally, which is in grave need, which has a very defined goal of what uh, has to happen there. Uh, which, of course, is you know very, very different from the $60 billion that so many of them want to pay to Ukraine for an undefined mission without any end in sight, without any defined goals or parameters. Um, so I was livid over that. 14 Republicans voted against that. And then, uh, of course, they voted not to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas because of four voters. So that's what has me the most upset that we are not concerned about America and her allies, but we do want to send six enough in it, anyway of the Republicans want to join the Democrats in sending 60 billion of my tax dollars, our tax dollars over to a country in Eastern Europe that is not our problem in a war that is not our war. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that we don't care if Vladimir Putin goes any further. Obviously, we do. But this is, an, this is a Ukraine battle, and Eastern European countries that are impacted by it should be the ones funding Ukraine's uh, effort to fight back. And it should not be. It's not that we shouldn't have sent anything. We spent our money. We sent them over $100 billion already in, in I think, the two or three different aid packages. We don't need another $60 billion that we cannot afford to send uh, for a war that is not our war. Israel is a much more direct threat because Israel is our only democratic nation that is an ally in the Middle East, which is a very volatile region of the world filled with American haters. It's a different story than Eastern Europe. So that's what's on my mind right now, Jack. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Leadership, as J.D. Vance said, seems massively out of touch on this Ukraine spending, which is half of the Senate border bill. And it's not money that just necessarily goes to support the war cause. It's Ukrainian police. It's uh, Gaza, the West Bank. So, you know, we want to fund Gaza and the West Bank, but we also want to fund Israel. And uh, But what's really interesting is there's really no end goal. No one can speak candidly or clearly about, well, we're going to fund until this milestone or mile marker. And oh, by the way, there's about $40 million that's already unaccounted for. Um, But with respect to Israel, do you expect that that will be taken back up and eventually get over the finish line? No, no, I don't. I don't, because this government is terrified uh, to to back Israel, uh, you know, Joe Biden and Tony Blinken, they give all of this, you know, this, um, uh, you know, tongue wagging about how we support Israel and we support their right to exist and so on and so forth. But every day they're over there trying to talk them into a ceasefire, trying to talk them into letting Hamas off the hook because there's too many casualties, according to whom the Hamas health ministry the Ministry of of Misinformation, telling us that 27,000 civilians have been killed. It's garbage. Uh, And and the Biden administration is feeling the pressure. Look, Joe Biden knows he's got to beat Donald Trump in in nine months, and he knows he needs every battleground state, one of which is Michigan. 
Michigan is crucial to, the, to him winning an electoral college victory. And guess what? In Dearborn, Michigan, also known as Dearbornistan, they are livid that he is not demanding that Netanyahu uh, uh, call an end to this, stop the genocide, and so forth. They are pledging that all Muslims across this country, uh, particularly those who are uh, Arab Muslim supporters of Palestinians, uh, they're calling on all of them to not vote in the election. They won't vote for Trump, but they are saying don't vote for Joe Biden and this is going to be huge. So they're terrified, and I do not believe uh, that uh, there will ever be a standalone bill that is passed. Joe Biden even said himself he'd veto it if it was passed. Even yeah. if the Republicans you know, you know, had some power there and actually united to do something, he would veto it anyway. So no, I don't think it'll be taken up, and I don't think it'll ever go through. Yeah, he wants broader uh, support for uh, you know spending in Ukraine. Uh, got about a minute and a half here. You mentioned something interesting about Michigan. Trump met with Ronna McDaniel earlier this week and thanked her for her work in 2016 in winning that crucial battleground state. But then uh, she announced that she's out. And uh, here's what we do know. Michigan is out of money. The GOP there is out of money. The RNC is is struggling to raise money. And um, the the scuttlebutt is Kevin McCarthy might be the guy to take over the RNC because he's a fantastic fundraiser. Who do you see uh, at the top of that list? I also have another name, but I want to run that one by you first. Well, some of the standard names that we hear all the time, like Harmeet Dillon is there, Mike Lindell, who, of course, has been very, very active uh, trying to expose the Dominion uh, voting machines and the, you know, the election travesty of 2020. Um, I like Kevin McCarthy. Uh, you know, I, I didn't think he should have been replaced as speaker. That doesn't mean he's a rock-solid conservative, but I don't think we have seen much difference, quite frankly, in the way things are being done as we continue to pass CRs rather than get uh, individual appropriations bills passed You know, by Mike Johnson. So, um, yeah, and the fact is, you're right. He did a great job as a fundraiser while speaker. If he was uh, leading the RNC, I think that would benefit uh, you know Republican candidates all across the country. And more importantly, they, I want them to be conservative candidates. Conservatism and Republicans, they are not synonymous, and I hope people know that. So the name that I heard, and then I'll, I'll leave you with this. You can look it up, and, and we'll talk about it next time. Michael Watley, uh, chairman of the North Carolina GOP. And I met Michael Watley uh, a couple decades ago, volunteering for a campaign here in Ohio. And I hear that he might be the next guy. So uh, that's one to think about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah we'll, Bob, do it. we'll do it. We'll look him up. Absolutely. Hey, man, um, thanks for spending time with us today. I really appreciate you. Uh, actually, you got about another. Oh, no, we don't. We're out of time. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to try to squeeze hey, Jack, in one more it's question. It's always a pleasure talking to you, and I love the good people in Columbus. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you all the time. Thank you. Absolutely. You're welcome. It's at France, F R A N T Z, Rance. Follow him on Twitter. All right, stay tuned. Uh, hour number two of the Bruce Woolley Show kicks off with Adam Hewitt next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn 
Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.